Hello and welcome to The Walk Family Podcast, a show where we discuss parenting and what the Bible says about it. God's Word contains truth, encouragement, and application, which we want to share with you. The mom or dad journeying through the chaos of raising kids. From the newborn to the rebellious teenager, our mission is to provide you with hope and skills that allows you to be the parent God calls you to be. I am your host, Tony Smith, bringing you another episode in the Parental Proverbs series. This episode is focused on the second half of chapter 6 in Proverbs, which once again focuses on the topic of adultery. So I titled this episode, Warning Against Adultery Part 2, because we see yet again another layer of consequences by pursuing the adulterous woman rather than lady wisdom. Yet it's not the same warning. There are some key differences here that relate to the adultery episode part one, but unique features that do include some profound takeaway. So there are two major points that I'll be navigating through today. The first is the sin to sin comparison how we, as people, compare the severity or weight of different sins. Often, we think one sin is worse than the other, and so on. The second major point, and this is a short point, but it is important, it's the spiritual consequence of adultery. That, yeah, there are physical consequences, but they go far deeper than just the surface. The impact adultery has on those involved are massive. And we're often blinded by sin when the consequences of adultery are glaring. I mean, staring right in our faces. So I'm going to be wrapping up chapter 6 in Proverbs, reading the second half from verses 20 through 35. And our focus will be on verse 26 specifically. But there is rich wisdom in the entire section, so here we go. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart and fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp. This teaching is a light and correction and instruction are the way to life. Keeping you from your neighbor's wife, from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Do not lust in your heart after her beauty, or let her captivate you with her eyes. For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his hunger when he is starving. Yet if he is caught, he must pay sevenfold, though it costs him all the wealth of his house. But a man who commits adultery has no sense. Whoever does so destroys himself. Blows and disgrace are his lot, and his shame will never be wiped away. For jealousy arouses a husband's fury, and he will show no mercy when he takes revenge. He will not accept any compensation. 
He will refuse a bribe, however great it is. Verse 26 says, For a prostitute can be had for a loaf of bread, but another man's wife preys on your very life. Here is, yet again, another warning against adultery. We've heard this before multiple times. So, obviously, God is trying to explain something here. But this warning differs from the chapters before because they make a sin-to-sin comparison. But it also showcases the consequences of adultery on a spiritual level. The sin-to-sin comparison is adultery versus prostitution. Now, when we talk about sin, none of it is good. That's obvious. But it appears that there is a certain weight to sin found here, and that comes by comparison. So before I get into that comparison, I want to make something clear. Even the smallest, most insignificant sin is still evil. And by God's standards, that teeny tiny sin is still enough to send us to hell. Think of it this way. If you had a bottle of purified water and I squeezed some cyanide into your bottle, you would most likely avoid drinking it. Because cyanide is toxic. It will kill you. Even though it may only be a few drops of cyanide, it'll dilute through the entire bottle. Hydrogen cyanide is often colorless, so you can't see it, and is described as tasting acrid and bitter. So I have not tasted cyanide, so I got this from the internet, the all-magical Google. So I'm using this comparison because I think it's relevant, but also this relates to sin. This is much like sin in our lives. The smallest sin can lead to spiritual death. And it is many times unrecognizable, leaving you with bitterness when you thought it would be sweet to the taste. And the antidote to that sin poison is Jesus, placing your faith in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did for us. He is the antidote. He is the only antidote. Now, with that being said, I would say that God looks at sin, all sin, the same. We see this in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, we cannot be in relationship with God who is holy. That's sin. That's the poison. But it doesn't end there. Verse 24, the very next verse, describes the antidote. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Just as much as we are deserving to be separated from God for eternity, because of the sin we have ingrained in our hearts, all are justified freely by the grace of God by the gift God gave us through his son, Jesus. It was him that paid that penalty when he died on the cross. And when we believe in him, 
we receive the antidote and now have a relationship with God for eternity. As people who believe in Jesus, when God the Father looks at us, he doesn't see the evil sitting in our hearts. That was paid for by the blood of Christ. No, God sees Jesus within us and calls us his children. So let's get back to the topic, right? My, my first point is the sin versus sin comparison. The comparison that's being made is between adultery and prostitution. So on a human level, more often than not, we give particular deeds, actions, sinful and good, a rank, of which whatever the deed is, is either more significant or severe than another deed or action. Here's an example. We tend to think of murder more severe than a lie or adultery more severe than taking the Lord's name in vain. There is a level of severity to sin from our humanly perspective. But I also think Solomon is onto something here because he does compare the severity of consequences of sinning with a prostitute and sinning with another man's wife. There is a cost in the comparison in verse 26. Prostitutes are sold for cheap. The cost is a loaf of bread. But having another man's wife costs your very life. There's a comparison here, and he's saying that the cost of adultery is significantly more than the cost of a prostitute. Engaging in adultery is far more treacherous than engaging in prostitution. And we have to ask the question, right, why? Both are sexual sins. What gives? Like, what's the deal? So, firstly, I believe that there is far more collateral damage with engaging in adultery. And secondly, though both acts of sin are against God, I find adultery is a direct assault on the design that God has created. Let's start with the collateral damage of adultery. So, first, it wrongs the spouse of the woman, not just the woman herself. It's the woman's husband. It also involves potentially destroying a family. What does this do not only to the woman's husband, but also to their children? How are they affected? And we see in verses 27 and 28 that adultery is like playing with fire, right? Though it may be appealing you'll be burned severely as a consequence. And secondly, here's my second point. Adultery is a direct assault on God's design, his design for marriage and the family unit. When you're married, vows are taken before each other and before God. And Matthew 19 verse 6 says, what God has brought together, let man not separate. You see, adultery provides validity for divorce. 
Now, I know of couples who have experienced adultery, and they did not move towards divorce. There was forgiveness. There was restoration. That happens, but it is permitted. Adultery is grounds for divorce, and that divorce is between the adulteress and her husband, but also the adulterer and his wife. So this not only impacts one family, but actually it impacts two It is also an assault on God's design for his church, a groom and his bride. That relationship has been betrayed and trust has been broken. And this not only between husband and wife, but also with children as well. You see, the father in Proverbs chapter 6 encourages his son to listen to his instruction because it will save him from the smooth talk of the adulteress. It will save him from the fiery consequences that occurs with sleeping with her. And, you know, as a dad, I try to put myself in my, my own shoes 30 years from now. If my daughters were married and had kids, my grandkids, and they had a wayward husband, how would I deal with that? Like, it's kind of a morbid thought. But I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. You know, put put myself in my own shoes 30 years from now. I'd be 61. How would I feel? How would I react? Well, I can tell you, I, I almost guarantee I would be livid. Like, I would be fuming. I'd be so mad. I'm guessing, as parents, you'd probably feel the same. I'd also be in disbelief that my girls, my daughters, would be hurt in that way. Honestly, like I can I can feel the anger just talking about it, just thinking about it. Like I'd encourage encourage my girls to lawyer up and go for everything that scumbag has. Like that's how I feel. But I also think about the other side of the coin, about what if my girls were the ones who committed adultery, that they were the ones that sinned, that they forsake God, and that they lure any man that they desire. How would I feel then? I'd also be incredibly angry. But it'd be such a a different kind of anger. Like, it's kind of difficult to describe it. But my point is not how I would feel. It's not the emotion. The point is that there is weight that extends to so many relationships with adultery. And I believe that this kind of sums up my second point, right? The consequences of adultery are more than just physical consequences, but they're spiritual consequences. You see, relationships are physical, but they represent something far deeper than just being physically together. Like, think about sex for a second. When married men and women come together and become one flesh, yeah, there's a physical element of intimacy, But there's something far deeper than the physical going on there. And I believe the same occurs when adultery happens. That the physical relationships are destroyed. But there is also a spiritual component. The damage that adultery does to those relationships, to families, I mean, no wonder God treats this so seriously. No wonder 
He leads Solomon to talk about adultery multiple times in the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Warnings of adultery from the father to the son here in Proverbs are very common because it's so destructive and the price you pay for it is so severe. So I would encourage you to heed God's warning, the father's instruction. Playing with fire is fun. It's appealing. It's exciting. But you get burned severely, sometimes to the point where it's going to take your life. Heed the wisdom that the father's instruction is saying. Don't play with the fire. And teach this to your kids as they get older. It's not worth playing with fire because you'll get burned. And it might cost you your life. And it destroys all of the relationships that you have. So I encourage you to wrestle through Proverbs chapter 6 on your own. Think about it. Ponder on it. I know it's a difficult topic. I know it's not all warm and fuzzy. But it's God's word. And it's truth. So I'd encourage you to wrestle with it. Nonetheless, I'll see you next week. Be blessed. That's all for today. Items, links, and show notes can be found in the description of wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to say thank you to Pixabay Music and all of you that are listening to our show. We appreciate all of your support. And thanks again.